It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's getting better and better. You know, every game we step out there, we're, we're getting better as a team. We're learning more. Um, and then for me, you know, I'm getting more and more comfortable. I'm feeling better and better. And uh, I just want to stick with it because it's only a matter of time before everything just just blows up for me. So um, I'm just staying, staying with it. And, um, like, again, it's been a long time since I played these games, and I'm still getting more and more comfortable. You are locked on magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 17th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, a weekend episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about Sunday or Friday's win over the San Antonio Spurs and preview Sunday's game against the Washington Wizards as the Magic close out their season-long five-game homestand. But before we do that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by subscribing wherever you download podcasts and searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast for every single team in the NBA covering their team with the same level of care and detail that you could only find with a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get ready for the Washington Wizards? Check out Locked On Wizards. Want to look ahead to the Magic's future opponents? You can check out Locked On Raptors or Locked On Pistons or Locked On Cavaliers or Locked On whoever you want. There's also NFL, MLB, NHL, and college podcasts too. Plus our national podcasts like Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You can find all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. You heard Markel Fultz there at the top of the show talking a little bit about how he's coming into his own rhythm here 12 games into the season and how the magic are really starting to come together. You go ahead and look at how this team has played over the last last few games, really during this homestand specifically, and you really see a team that has figured a lot of things out. They're starting to score more efficiently. They're starting to move the ball a lot more effectively. They're, 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 they're playing with a lot more confidence. And to me, that was the big thing that came out of Friday's game, a, a 111-109 win over the San Antonio Spurs, is there's just a return of this confidence, this supreme confidence that they can pull out wins no matter what. And a calmness that comes with that confidence. An urgency, perhaps. An urgency for sure. But a calmness about the way they play. Orlando struggled early in the game with turnovers. They had, I think, eight turnovers in the first first half. Or fairly early into the second quarter. And they trailed by 16 points. San Antonio was making shots. And guess what? The Magic's defense was not particularly good for much of this game. But Orlando just hung around. Down by 16, they... Slowly fought their way back. They got to the foul line a lot. They pushed the ball in transition when they did get stops. And they looked to make, get good shots by moving the ball and, and generally played really, really well on the offensive end once once they kind of got out of their own way in, in the second quarter. 
By the time the third quarter came around, the Magic were able to seesaw themselves back into the lead. They are able to hit big shots, and there were still moments where maybe the turnovers creeped up and, and the team, stag- team got stagnant. But all in all now, they were in the fight. San Antonio, though, was plenty willing and plenty able to score to keep this game at least at arm's length. And that's what they did. The Spurs went up seven with about four minutes ago when Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross were unable to get to get a loose ball that, that, that they had tipped into the backcourt. And they found LaMarcus Aldridge for a three-pointer. Orlando just burned off seven points like it was nothing right back at him. Evan Fournier hit a two, hit a three. Terrence Ross hit a two. D.J. Augustin hit a floater. And the game was tied. So Orlando was going to have to rely on its clutch play to win this one. And Orlando got clutch plays from just about everyone. Whether it was Michael Carter-Williams blocking a DeMar DeRozan shot or Nikola Vucevic just gobbling up every rebound in, in his vicinity or, at the end of the day, Evan Fournier hitting a really big shot in a tie game, in a 104-104 tie game. Fournier drained a three-pointer to make it 107-104. A tough three-pointer, an end-of-the-shot-clock three-pointer. That was just extremely tough to make. Good defense, you know, not not great defense, but good enough defense and just a tough shot. Evan Fournier has become a tough shot maker in, in a lot of ways, especially late in games. And from there, the Magic's defense was able to hold on to get the stops that they needed to extend this to extend this game and win it. Orlando has been good this year at competing. I, I think I brought this up when the Magic were losing that they're not getting blown out here. So they are, they're in the hunt. They're in the fight. Even if they're not all the way there yet. And, and certainly that, that matters. They needed results. But that ability to stay in the fight is what helped them win this game. And, and, and by the end of it, the Magic really felt like the team they were last year. Swarming defensively. Stepping up to the plate in big moments. Finding ways to scratch out games, to scratch out wins, to win late. Getting big shots and big plays from Terrence Ross, from Evan Forney, from Nikola Vucevic, from Markel Fultz this time, from DJ Augustine. Finding the right way to attack, stay in the game, and eventually overtake him. The Magic win consecutive games the first time this year. They're at 5-7 and seven on the air, which is not a great record. I, I, I think I remember saying the Magic's first 13 games is going to be real determinative. And, you know, until they go on this West Coast road trip in December... Uh, the Magic are going to have to really build, bank some bank some wins up. I think um, you know if, if we're going to look ahead to the schedule, I would say they have to be comfortably 500 by the end of the month. But Orlando was able to take care of their business at home. They've been able to take care of their business at home. Their defense was able to step up when it was necessary, and more most importantly, Orlando was able to get the win. 111 to 109, the final. Orlando still has a lot to clean up. Don't get me wrong. The deflection numbers were low once again, according to Coach Steve Clifford. And the team just isn't engaged defensively for the whole 48 minutes as they should be. Fortunately, the offense has come around. And even when the offense is stuck, they're finding ways to attack, specifically by getting to the foul line. Orlando shoots 27 to 34 from the foul line. Second straight game, the Magic have had 34 free throw attempts. It's the first time. The Magic have had back-to-back games with 30 or more free throw attempts since Dwight Howard was on the team. The Magic are starting to get to the foul line a lot more, and it is a weapon for them to kind of keep their offense alive. And they did that, frankly, by being able to get into the paint, 
but also by attacking the offensive glass. Orlando with 14 offensive rebounds, five from Al Farouk Aminu, four from Nikola Vucevic. 14 offensive rebounds, leading to 18 second chance points. The Magic turned 11 Spurs turnovers into 20 points. All this again is to say the Magic found a way to stay competitive. The Magic found a way to win the game, and their defense stepped up when it had to at the end, even if it was far from a perfect game. The Orlando Magic defeat the San Antonio Spurs 111-109. to Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score real fast. It is a Sunday episode, so I do want to try and keep this relatively short, but let's run through the final box score real quickly here uh, for this game from Friday night. Um, You might have noticed I mentioned that Al Aminu played, got five offensive rebounds. That's because Jonathan Isaac missed this game with a sprained ankle. Talk about burying the lead. Um, Jonathan Isaac sprained his ankle at the Magic's uh, event, uh, covering the event, um, unveiling the new City Edition jerseys. Just he, he said he told the media and, and told the media at the game that he was kind of fooling around a little bit with with some of the season ticket holders that were there. Had his shoes untied, didn't bring his ankle brace. As someone who has broken his foot foot and rolled his ankle several times, I do not put my basketball shoes on without wearing my ankle brace. So. Jonathan, that's 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 the folly of youth right there. Um, but he wasn't careful enough and 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 tweaked his ankle. You know, just it, it's a it's an ankle roll. It didn't seem serious. Uh, Isaac went through all of the Magic's practice uh, drills that they went through. They had a non-contact practice on Saturday. Isaac participated fully in that. So it's it's. I don't think this is considered a serious injury. It wouldn't surprise me if he's back in the lineup Sunday, or it wouldn't surprise me if they hold him out one more game to just let it heal and, and get a lot better. But Alpha Rukaminu. Uh, was absolutely critical to this game. He stepped up in a big way. 13 points, 13 rebounds, five offensive rebounds again, two steals, four for eight from beyond, four for eight from the floor, four for six from the foul line. He just did a lot of a lot of everything. I mean, this this situation is exactly why the Magic signed Alpha Rukimino. That the 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 ability to just insert a quality veteran player that you know is going to step up. And, and not really play outside of himself. I mean, the, the Magic got him some open threes, and, and he was one for two from beyond the arc. But overall, Aminu was, did a very good job just playing within himself and, and, and attacking the glass and finding ways to, to frustrate the Spurs' uh, defense. And, 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 you know, he's not doing anything off the dribble. And he's solid defensively, although the Spurs really only had one perimeter attacker. Um, but Aminu did everything the Magic needed him to do. And again, this is exactly why the Magic signed him. Orlando does not have to change the way they play. They do not have to change really their personnel because Aminu slides in whenever Isaac or Gordon are not in the game and, and, and they can play kind of the same way. And I think that's really the idea behind signing Aminu. And, and so, you know, Aminu's going to have a lot of value, uh, especially later in the season when we get into the grimy parts of the season when 
it, it, when it's the playoffs and things things slow down. He is a high-level backup. He is someone that is going to come in and play these kinds of minutes and, and provide a lot of value to this team. And, and this is exactly why you bring in a guy like Al Farouk Aminu. Let's get to the high scores in this game, though. Evan Fournier leads the way with 26 points, 9 for 15 shooting, 5 for 6 from beyond the arc, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 turnovers. Fournier, a really just nice offensive game. He's I, I, I've said this. I know a lot of people have been frustrated with some of uh, Fournier's drives and, and kind of shot selection at times. And that's still, I think, Fournier's weakness is his tunnel vision and so- shot selection. But... Fournier has been the Magic's most consistent offensive player all year. He, he definitely looks like he has his legs back under him. He definitely looks like he is the player that we all know he can be. I mean, whether that's the player that the Magic ultimately need him to be to, when, when it counts, we'll find out in April. But he is the player that, that I think we've all become accustomed to seeing um, in his years before last year with the Orlando Magic. Um, capable of having those big spurt games. And this was a big spurt. This wasn't a big spurt game like those where he you know, drops 30 points, but. This was a big spurt game because he was able to make shots, and really, I thought he took good shots uh, and played really, really well. This is this is the kind of performance the Magic want to see from Evan Fournier. Terrence Ross adds twenty points, seven for thirteen shooting, three for eight from beyond the arc. Again, another typical Terrence Ross game. Struggled a little bit early in the game, missed some shots, and, the, and that second unit really struggled in the first half. But by the time the second half came around, Ross was hitting his mid-range jumpers. He was getting good look, getting pretty clean looks, getting where he wanted on the, getting to his spots on the floor. And just generally uh, being a a really good presence for the team, just able to to hit those shots that 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 he needs to hit, needs to make, and needs to hit. And and obviously Orlando benefits when he gets going. Fourth quarter especially, Ross changes the energy of the game with his ability to hit shots. The Magic got him got him shots in good spots, uh, and, and really got him going in, in transition as well, which I think is is obviously very good. Um, Aaron Gordon, fourteen points, four for fifteen shooting, one for six from beyond the arc, eight rebounds. Struggled to shoot in this one. Um, but I, I think less of those dribble moves that we don't like to see from him. Um, you know, there's some tips that he mi- that he missed, some offensive rebounds that he missed. He had three offensive rebounds in the game. Um, but uh, overall, I would say Gordon Gordon's value was really on the other end. Second half, especially, uh, he switched on to Demar Derozan late in the first half. You know, like mid second quarter. Um, the second half, he locked up Demar Derozan, and that was a big reason why Orlando was able to come back in this game. Demar Derozan finished the game with 21 points on 9 for 15 shooting. He did a lot of his damage. I think he had 12 or 14, maybe 15 points in the first half. Uh, was able to get to his spots really without anyone challenging him. Um, was drawing fouls, was drawing contact. And, and Gordon, I thought, did a good job. You know, after kind of after uh, an initial wave of, of poor play, did a good job kind of staying home, staying on his feet, really making DeRozan work, making DeRozan take tough shots, and I think that really gummed up a lot of the Spurs offense. So I think Gordon deserves a lot of credit. Really, the whole Magic defense deserves a lot of credit for slowing down DeRozan like that. Fournier took a turn on him, I thought did an okay job as well. Nikola Vucevic, 10 points, 4 for 16 shooting, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks for him. Um, It's telling that the Magic were able to win a game, especially against a, a quality opponent like the Spurs, when their two best players, Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic, shoot just 8 for 31 combined. Vucevic really struggled, but he was getting the kind of shots he wants. So this is reminiscent of maybe some games that he had earlier in the year, where he's getting good shots, getting shots that the Magic want him to take, shots that they know he can make, and he's just missing them. Nothing you can do about that. What really gave Vucevic a lot of value in this game was his defense was really good. He set a good line on pick and rolls, was able to stay in contact with the Marcus Aldridge and challenge his shots and keep him from having a big game. 
uh, was blocking shots and protecting the paint. This was probably Nikola Vucevic's best defensive game. So a really nice effort from Nikola Vucevic. Um, you know, if, if he's not going to score, he's got to play defense like this. And, and so he still had a ton of value uh, in this game and, and, you know, made some really nice plays, set the screen that, that got Evan Fournier free for essentially the game-winning three. Um, DJ Augustin off the bench, 10 points, 4 for 8 shooting, 4 assists. Really struggled to get the Magic moving in the first half, but when he was with the starters in the second half, was a big part of the Magic's run to get back into the game. Again, scored that kind of floater to, to tie the game up after a 7-0 run. But really, the star point guard was Markel Fultz. Uh, not a great stat line, 13 points, 3 for 8 shooting, 4 assists, 2 steals, 7 for 7 from the foul line. Fultz just puts a lot of pressure on defenses. He does such a good job getting into the lane, especially when the Magic can get him out in transition. He does a really, really good job of pushing the pace, which is something the Magic do need to do. Um, you know, I, I think I kind of told people I actually think the Magic need to slow their pace down and kind of value possessions a little bit more. Um, but I do think the Magic need to get out in transition when they can. They, they have the personnel to get out in transition like that, and they definitely need to do that. So I'm not saying the Magic shouldn't push in transition, and Marco Fultz is a big part of that. Uh, I, I think, and I, I'm going to write and study this a little bit more, I do think the Magic should take longer with their possessions and work to get better shots, and so that'll lower your possession count. But when you get a chance to go out and break, you got to do it, and Fultz does a really good job kind of picking the team's pace up and picking the energy up in general. Um, I would say second quarter when the Magic went down by 16, they really struggled with pace. And I'm not talking about possessions when I talk about pace. When you watch the Magic play, watch how quickly they get into their sets and how quickly they move within their sets. And, and in the second quarter of this game, Far too often, it was just sta- it was just a lot of standing. Like people that the team wasn't organized, they weren't into their sets. And by the time they got into their sets, there was only 14 seconds on the shot clock. I really think the Magic need to try to be in their set and starting their set with about 18 seconds on the shot clock. You know, if not a little bit sooner. And and I think when coaches say they want to play with pace, that's more what they're talking about. Get into your set sooner, run your set sooner, work to get give yourself more time to get good shots. Um, I think that's really what they mean when they say we have to play with pace rather than possessions getting up and down the court. But we'll, we'll talk about about that kind of pace here uh, in just a moment when we talk about the Washington Wizards. The Orlando Magic shoot just 41.4% from the game. So again, struggle from the field. 12 for 29 from beyond the arc. So they're able to hit threes, which helps keep them in the game. They make 27 of 34 free throws. A big difference in this game. Orlando was able to draw fouls, get to the foul line. Again, 14 offensive rebounds, just six just uh, 10 turnovers in the game, eight of them in the first half. So protecting the ball, a big key in this vic- in this victory. San Antonio, meanwhile, shoots 50.6% from the floor, 13 for 26 from beyond the arc, just 6 for 10 from the foul line. Again, that's the huge difference in the game. Only 11 turnovers, uh, eight blocks, including five from LaMarcus Aldridge. San Antonio played a decent game. They, they definitely gave themselves a chance here, but just a little too sloppy at the wrong moments. Um, their, their, their offense went cold at the wrong moments. They couldn't really stop the Magic. They couldn't keep them off the line. And, and so the Magic were able to hang around just long enough to ratchet up their defense and get the stops when they needed to and pick up the win. The Orlando Magic defeat the San Antonio Spurs 111-109. to They're now 3-1 and on the five-game homestand. They'll finish up that homestand on Sunday against the opponent we're going to talk about next, the Washington Wizards. But before we do talk, before we talk about them, it is nearly Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is a time to come together with family, uh, and probably you're going to end up watching football. That's that's what I typically do on Thanksgiving because nothing else is on TV. You're you're not going to watch the Macy's Holiday Parade. You know that, that who really cares about that? So 
this is a time to take advantage of a great new offer. Past, present, and future MyBookie players pay attention here. During Thanksgiving week, that's next week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. That's right, a risk-free bet. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congratulations. You've got the extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congrats as well. MyBookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk and all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Not sure what MyBookie is? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has patient customer service, has a patient customer service team that can walk you through the process of placing a bet, of what the bets mean. And the best part is if you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag, make your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. And MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan or true sports fan in general, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. And when it comes to sports gambling, that really doesn't exist. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Since this is coming out on Sunday, I'm sure some of you are listening to this on your way to Sunday's Magic game against the Washington Wizards. The Magic take out the Wizards to close out their homestand at 6 o'clock at the Amway Center. It's been a pretty good homestand. I think we could say... Uh, I think I said Orlando needed to play with some urgency during this homestand, make sure they pick up wins, uh, and, and they're getting results. Obviously, 3-1 and one would say they're getting results. It's, they've guaranteed themselves a winning homestand. They've had a, a lot of really impressive performances against the Memphis Grizzlies and Philadelphia 76ers especially. The offense has come around. They're, they're scoring 100 or more points every night now. Um, the offense isn't so much a worry. Defense has slipped a little bit, but it's, it's generally... Uh, Generally still good when it has to be, the, the lone exception being that loss of the Indiana Pacers when they just never really got into the ball. So Orlando still has a lot of things it needs to work on. So we're, we're you know, just because the Magic have picked up a few wins, have won three of their last four at home, uh, you know, we will see if it travels. Magic have still yet to win a road game. Um, but it, we'll see just where they're at, but certainly a little bit of swagger and confidence returning to the team. And that's where the Washington Wizards come in. The Washington Wizards are fresh off a 137-116 victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it is not the first time they've scored 130 points, nor is it the first time they've given up 115 points or more. This Wizards team is interesting, to say the least. Bradley Beal is having a pretty solid, and certainly having an all-star caliber year, averaging 30 points per game, and is proving to himself to be a really gifted three-level scorer. He can get to the basket and finish finish near the rim. He can hit from mid-range, and he is a deadly three-point shooter. 
He is scoring at all three levels and has, has played ridiculously well. He has an interesting supporting cast around him in Washington, one that lacks much star power. You know, Isaiah Thomas being perhaps the lone exception as he recovers from injury. Um, but they're a team that knows that they're going to have to scratch and claw and be a little different to beat you. And the way this Washington Wizards team is different is they get out in transition. They are constantly on the break, constantly looking to take advantage of your results, your, your mistakes, constantly trying to trap and force turnovers and 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 use that to feed and feed their break and feed their opportunities to get out to get to the rim. On top of that, the Wizards have a lot of versatile versatile big men. With Thomas Bryant listed as questionable, he took a really nasty fall against the Minnesota Timberwolves on a dunk attempt. They're going to turn to Mo Wagner, who you know is a kind of sweet shooting big man, scored 30 points in that win over the Timberwolves. He's a sweet shooting big man who has good mobility around the basket. So they're going to stretch the magic out and kind of create a runway for their guys to attack. If they're not using him, they're going to use Davis Bertans, who is also a really strong three-point shooter for a big man. This Wizards team will take advantage of mistakes that you give them. You turn the ball over, they'll run on you. You uh, you, you struggle to shoot, they'll run on you. If you uh, give up, if you don't pay attention on a cut, they will cut behind behind you and score at the rim because they're going to spread you out again. That's going to be that's the interesting thing about this Wizards team. Now the Wizards don't defend a lick, um, you know, and I think that's putting it lightly. They are not a strong defensive team. They don't have a lot of gifted defenders. It's easy to get into the lane. It's easy to get open shots against them. The Timberwolves scored 116, and I didn't think they played particularly well. I thought they honestly played a little sloppy with their turnovers, and, and again, that's what fed Washington, uh, fed Washington, uh, Washington's transition and, and their ability to score a lot of points. Uh, and so, what's really going to matter in this game for Lander are those little details, I think. If they execute the way they've executed uh, on offense throughout this homestand, they're going to score plenty. The Wizards, are gonna, the Wizards aren't going to challenge them, and especially if Thomas Bryant isn't in the game. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention rookie Rui Hachimura, who's also played really, really well at that four spot, can stretch the ball out to the three-point line a little bit. Um, but especially without Thomas Bryant playing, there's going to be a lot of room in the paint to attack. And Orlando needs to make sure they attack and get to the foul line. But they also need to make sure that they're keeping the ball moving. They can't just rely on one-on-one action uh, and, and, and four A's to the rim. They've got to make sure that they're, they're running through their offense and getting the best shot they can. Washington's going to give that to them. What's really going to be key in this game is will Orlando turn the ball over? That was an issue early against San Antonio, and Orlando's generally been pretty good with turnovers, so I don't particularly worry about that. But again, against San Antonio, we saw what problems that could bring. And I think the biggest issue in this game, and certainly Thomas, if Thomas Bryant doesn't play, that's going to, it's going to help the Magic. Are the Magic going to rebound? The Wizards do a really good job getting to the offensive glass, keeping possessions alive, and just being pesky on the glass. They're really pesky everywhere. You know, they're, they're, they're a gnat that you, you swat away that just keeps circling around you. And, you know, eventually they, they score a lot of points and you're, you're, you're kind of caught, caught playing their game. If the Magic are able to control the glass, which they did a fantastic job doing against the San Antonio Spurs. I, I went back and I, I watched the game a second, to, a second time. Um, but then I also kind of scanned through the play-by-play and I was just looking at it and I was just like, Man, the Magic just, they attacked the offensive glass so well and they kept so many possessions alive. It's really a backbreaker to the Spurs offensively and defensively. 
So if the Wizards are able to get offensive rebounds, if Magic don't secure the glass, those extra opportunities the Wizards will take advantage of. They're good enough offensively that they will take advantage of those extra opportunities. So to me, the biggest key of this game is ultimately pace. And by pace this time, I do mean possessions per 48 minutes. If this is an up-and-down game with a lot of fast breaks going back and forth, the Wizards not only have a chance to win, I think the Wizards will win that game because Orlando probably can't outscore the, the Washington Wizards. That's I, I think that's... I know the Wizards want to focus in on defense, be better, and not have to outscore teams. But the if the Wizards and the Magic are in a track meet, the Wizards probably win because Orlando cannot outscore them. That's I think that's the plain truth. The Magic, by controlling the glass, can, can control the tempo of the game. Not slow it to a crawl. I don't think they should do that. And certainly, again, as I've said, if the Magic have the opportunity to get out in transition, they absolutely need to do that and absolutely need to get easy points. It's a way to get to the foul line number one, and it's a way to put pressure on the defense and, and get those open shots that you want. I think the Magic scoring in secondary transition is just as effective as the Magic scoring in transition. But the Magic, when they're in the half court, need to be methodical and patient. If they're taking quick shots, it's going to be, they're playing into the Wizards' hands. And again, this team is the second slowest team by pace in the league. That's how the Magic want to run their half-court offense. Methodical, precise, and working for the be- working for the best shot You know, in the mid to late shot clock range. They don't want that, that early, early, early shot. And so that's going to be the big thing in this game. That's, the, to me, the big thing to watch in this game is pace and rebounding. The Magic rebound, control the pace. They are better than the Washington Wizards. They should win this game, and they should win it, especially if their defense plays the way we know they're capable of playing defense. Again, the Magic aren't aren't physical, aren't into their guy, and allow the Wizards to, to score, they're going to be in trouble. They cannot let this become a track meet. They've got to keep that score down. They've got to keep the Wizards off the board, limit them to one shot, and then they will have a really good chance to win this game. And they, honestly, they should have a good chance. They're not only a chance to win this game, but win it running away. These are the kind of games the Magic have to win. Um, you know, I think the Magic have done a good job beating te- these teams that are expected to be near the bottom of the standings. I mean, Cleveland's actually had a nice run um, of late, and Washington's kind of in the same category as Cleveland if, if we're looking at teams on paper. These are the kind of games the Magic have to win. They've struggled to win the, the games against the Equals. Um, you know, they'll get some opportunities to do that uh, on the road here coming up. But they've got to win these types of games, and again, you've got to protect your home court. To go 4-1 and one on this road trip after the start the Magic had, is exactly what the team needs. And, you know, I don't think the Magic think of think of the season in stretches like that, but this is a big game. Get Keep building confidence, keep building off of what you've done over the last four games, and then take it on the road. So I think this is a really important game for Orlando, a game that's going to really test their defense and their defensive attention to detail. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore me. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow to recap the Magic's game against the Washington Wizards. So, until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip ross Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.